Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Be in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. We're going to be looking at the centurion that came to Jesus. He had a servant that was sick. And he wanted help. And he went to the right place. The right person. It's not much about this man, but boy, I'll tell you what. I don't know of anyone else in the Bible with such a short space in Scripture that really made a deep imprint with his faith. Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10 read this way. <clears throat> now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people... He entered into Capernaum, and a certain centurion's servant, who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he went unto him, the elders of the Jews, sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am worthy that thou shouldest, un, not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say unto one, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. Um, this is quite remarkable, what we see here. This man only heard about Jesus. As far as we can tell from what we read here, he never met Jesus. He never seen any of these things done. And yet, he believed that because he heard that Jesus spoke the word and people were healed, that Jesus would do the same thing for his servant. If we look at verse 7 again, it says, Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant also shall be healed. Um, our first point is this is marvelous faith. Um, this is marvelous faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. The definition of substance is confidence. And the definition of evidence is conviction or another rendering, I should say, of it. We could read this as this. Now, faith 
is the confidence of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Conviction meaning conviction that it is true, conviction of the truth and the fullness of it. He was convicted of the truthfulness of Jesus' ability to do this just by hearing that he did it before. He was very confident in this. So much so that he sent servants to meet with Jesus. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that without faith it's impossible to please him. Our life is to be characterized by faith. Not just into the faith, and I'm a Christian, but a life of faith. A life of dependence upon God. Colin had said something earlier about a book he's reading. We, d- we should never lose our awe, our amazement with God. That's what keeps us going, and keeps us joyful and glad. Never, we should never let God become common. Let's never bring him down, right? Let's not do that. He's not like us. Let's, let's lift him up. Let's see him in his high place. He's amazing. And one of the dangerous, I may have said this before, one of the dangerous things of going to a good church is that you hear the Bible a lot. Right, it's good, but it's also going to be dangerous because I've heard this before. I've heard this before, but God is awesome, and we should never lose sight of that. This centurion believed in the power of Jesus' word. This man had no New Testament. He more than likely read at least some of the Old Testament as he loved the nation of Israel and built a synagogue. This was not a common thing for a Roman, for a centurion of all things, who was like, you know, he was pro- you know, these guys were known for banging people around and busting them up when things needed to get taken care of. These guys were not known for liking Jews. It was actually quite the opposite. And the feeling was mutual from the other side. And so for this guy to be known as a guy who loved Israel and actually built them a place of worship is pretty amazing in and of itself. God was definitely doing something in this guy's life. There's no other reason why this guy would be going about doing this stuff. And so... Here we are. We do have a New Testament. He did not. As a believer, you have the Holy Spirit Spirit dwelling within you. You know Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He, he didn't know any of this, right? He rose again. Uh, we know the Lord Jesus is God with skin on. And that we, we know that without faith, it's impossible to please him. He knew n- none of that. He had no New Testament Obviously, he read some of the Old Testament. He had this love for Israel. How are we exercising our faith? When I see something like this, I'm I'm like blown away. I almost, it's too good not to be true. Like you look at it and you're like amazed by it. This is definitely God at work here. How are we exercising our faith? Are we seeking his wisdom? We're so prone to just make decisions based on our circumstances. You know, let's think about Peter. If he was focusing on his circumstances, he would have never got out of the boat. Let's think about David. Um, If David was looking at circumstances, he would have dropped off that lunch that his dad sent him to bring. And he would have said, guys, (laughs) best of luck with you. That guy's big. I hope you guys can handle him and left. But he didn't see like that. He had this view of God that nothing... Nothing can stop my God. That's the view he had. Faith looks back to God's word and his unchanging character. 
And that's what we're to do. We're to look at God's word. We're to look at his promises. We're to look at things we know have happened in the past. We're even to look at things God's done in one another's lives through faith. George Mueller's a great example of that. Uh, incredible example of that. Uh, faith seeks Christ and then responds by acting. This centurion heard about Jesus and was not content with that. You know, there's consequences to exercising faith and not exercising faith. He chose to act. He sent service, servants to speak to Jesus. Um, you might remember God telling Moses, but lift thou up thy rod. Red sea split. Right? That's obeying God's word. Stretch forth thine hand. Withered hand healed. Joshua, march around that city. Blow to trumpets, shout, right? Boom, down go the walls of Jericho. We could go on and on. We can look all through Hebrews chapter 11. Sometimes we get caught up with the character, and we're focusing on this character now, but this character has nothing to talk about if he's not connected to Christ. Nothing. <laughs> he's just another guy, just like us. These all trusted God's word and obeyed. I'll give you a more of a, not very modern, but more modern than what we uh, just spoke of. There was a time, some of you's probably heard this, um, not real, real long ago, I don't know, 1970-something, somebody had in his heart that God had a piece of property for him. And uh, he believed that God, ha that's, that's for you. And so he went, tried to speak to the man about it, and said, nope. When he found out it was for a church, he said, oh, no. I'm paraphrasing, but that's the gist of it. This man didn't give up. Faith has consequences. Where you're standing, I'm standing where you all are sitting right now, is the result of that. Faith. Faith. I wonder if this man ever read Jeremiah 33.3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I wonder if he heard about when the prophet spread himself over the widow's son and brought him back to life. Uh, not only was faith exercised that caused the Lord Jesus to marvel, but faith was exercised in humility. He revered Christ. You can see this in this little snippet we have of him. He was amazed by Christ. In verses 6 and 7, we see, Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord... Trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but, I say, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. He had an opportunity to meet the Lord Jesus Christ after hearing about multiple miracles, and yet in humility, he said no. And he would rather honor the Lord in this way that was special to him in this certain instance. Um, point two is this is humble faith. He says, I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. This is actually the definition of humility. He was lowly, he was humble, and he was without pride. 
uh, I have a quote from somebody named Robert Morrison, who was a missionary to China, um, about being humble. Uh, it's in J. Oswald Sanders' book, Spiritual Leadership. Out of his wisdom, Robert Morrison of China wrote, The great fault, I think, in our mission is that no one likes to be second. The world has yet to see what could happen if everyone lost the desire to get the glory. Wouldn't it be a marvelous place if nobody cared who got the credit? That's true. I've thought at times we're, we're like glory thieves. We tend to want to touch God's glory, you know. He takes that very seriously. Um, Uzzah in the Old Testament, touch the ark. Um, John the Baptist said, he must increase, but I must decrease. That could be said about all of us. That's the Christian life in a nutshell. You shrinking and him growing in your life. The image of Christ shining through. The things of this world being coming strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Um, that verse was John 3.30. Um, John, John the Baptist. Uh, listen, listen to what the Lord Jesus Christ says in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. An interesting thing about a yoke, you have to walk together. I underlined here what stuck out very brightly to me in light of being humble. That, that was why we have this verse here. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly. That's how Christ describes himself as lowly. We're to put off pride and we're to rest in Christ. Lowly means to be without pride. Without pride. And that's something I think all of us struggle with to one degree or another. Is pride. Like the missionary said, we, we tend to want to get the glory we don't like to be second. We want to get credit if we have an idea at work. And we tell someone and then they go and it happens. <laughs> Instead of just being grateful that something's improved, we want the credit. The centurion in humble faith called on Jesus to do what no one else can. And here in Matthew eleven twenty nine, the Lord calls on us. Come to me. He wants us to walk with him, to learn of him. So he can do in our lives what only he can. What we tend to try to do on our own at times. To please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That should be convicting to all of us. Our whole life is to be a life of faith.
to our daily decisions of the way we use our money, here's, here's an application. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Amen. If we believe that, we're going to be all right if we live that. Amen. Seek ye first. He's to be first. His kingdom, his righteousness, he's going to meet every need. David said he's never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Paul said, my God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And yet, being the glory thieves that we tend to be, we tend to try to figure it out on our own. We got at our disposal the one who's spoken it all came to be, the one who holds it all together, the one who's staying the hand right now over in Ukraine and holding a lot of things back. It's ugly, but he's holding a lot back. A lot. And we tend to want to figure it out on our own. And he's saying, come. Learn of me. You know, we can be a Christian for many, many years and not be learning of him. We're going to live in our life in our own strength, doing things on our own. We see many times throughout the New Testament, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord. There's no second to that. His desire is to walk with Him, not controlled by outward appearances. Remember, we're to walk by faith and not by sight. We're not to let our circumstances dictate the decisions that we make. If you take that promise, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That is fact. That is God's truth. You can't take that and then look at your circumstances and go, oh, but this. It doesn't work that way. Faith says, this is true. I'm going after that. God, you can, you can handle the, the consequences of this. He's never let any of us down, ever. He has a perfect track record when we trust him. If we look around us at this world, it's very, very discouraging, especially now. There, there's some things going on. I mean, now there, there's talk about nuclear weapons being potentially involved. And I, I must say, when I think about that, it, it does make you concerned. Nobody wants to see people die, but at the same time, it's just proof that man left to himself is a mess. Man without God is going to kill himself. All he can do is hurt and hurt and make bigger guns and bigger bullets and bigger bombs. That's all he can do. Name to me a peace treaty that's ever been abided by. Worthless. The paper's worthless. But we have hope. We, we can't leave it at that. that. This world is discouraging to look at. But when we have a fixed sense of awe, when we're fixed on Christ, the joy is there. The peace is there. Things don't matter like they do to others when we're fixed on Him, when we're caught up with Him. 
we've all had moments, but this should be a lot more consistent in our lives where when we look at Christ, nothing else matters. It's just him. He's all, he's, that song at that moment is true to us. You're all I need. My all in all. You're above all. You know, on and on and on. Faith is fixed on God, confident in his word. In fact, all we have in Christ is by grace through faith. Everything. Your salvation was by grace through faith. It's the gift of God. Not of yourself, not of works, lest any man should boast. Even your faith is a gift when you use it. You don't conjure it up. It's a gift. Through faith, not of yourself. Your adoption was a gift by grace through faith. Child of the king. We forget that sometimes. You see a little kid look at their, their daddy and they think, nobody can mess with my dad. Nobody can mess with our father, if we're honest. He, he's in control of it all. He has a plan. He's working it out. Our sanctification is by grace, through faith. The coming glory, what was mentioned before we got started, focusing on heaven, by grace, through faith. That's, that's the blessed hope that we're going to be with him and we're going to be like him. None of this is going to really matter anymore. All the things we fretted about, for which most of the things we fret about never even happen anyway. So this centurion's heart was fixed on Jesus and his track record. And if we would be brutally honest, there's no track record like his. He's perfect. He promises to work it all for good to those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. That's to the believer. That's not to everyone. He's not working everything for good to the lost. That, that's a promise to Christians. And we ought to be glad about that. We ought to take verses like this and look at life and be confident in him like this centurion was. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2 will be our last verses that we look at since we talked about rejoicing in hope. That's how I want to end tonight. Rejoicing in hope. <clears throat> Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your great goodness. You've given us this word and we're so grateful that we have it. It, it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths. We can be confident that every single page is filled with truth. And this book is drenched in grace, and we're so thankful that you sent your son for what he's done for us. 
how he continues to work in our lives. Thank you so much for the joyful spirit we can have in this place and wherever we go, really, but especially tonight, just the, the good time we were able to have together praying and hearing your word and just enjoying fellowship with you right at the middle. How grateful we are that we get to call you our God. And as we think of all that's going on around us and the peace that you've given us through the blood of your cross, our, our hearts are so glad. We thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. We thank you how you meet all our needs and how you help our faith. All these precious promises you've given to us and how you've never, ever let us down. How you're always working things for good continually, even putting us through difficulty so that we can become more like your son, better equipped to minister to others and to enjoy this life we have in you. Thank you so much for who you are. Fathers, we think of those in the Ukraine and others in that area who may be affected through all that's been going on right now. We, we ask that you would help. I ask you'd give wisdom to all the different leaders of nations who are involved with this and that you'd help people to do what's right. I thank you, your people in Ukraine, your children that are in the midst of this very difficult time. I pray you'd give them a great sense of just peace in your presence and that through this time they would be the salt and light you've called them to be, that with literally buildings crumbling around them and bombs going off, that they would be able, though sorrowful and even hurting for loss of neighbors and countrymen, that you would help them to have a heart of praise, knowing that through all that, that they walk by faith and not by sight, that they'd have a heart of praise and that you'd protect them, Lord, uh, that if there would be those coming from these invading forces who have the agenda of hurting your people, that you would confuse them and, and cause them like you did at uh, Lot's door to to, to not be able to get a hold of those they're trying to get a hold of. I just pray you'd fight for your people. And Lord, that you'd help us to rejoice in hope of your glory as we set our eyes on you, knowing that we're just passing through here, Lord. Help us, we pray, to walk in your truth, Lord, and to be amazed that you'd revitalize that love and desire for you. And I'll thank you for that. We love you and we praise you for all you do and all you've done and all you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.